The Lord provides. The Lord provides us with this beautiful day. The Lord provides us with this space to worship. The Lord provides us with love and with grace. And keeping all of this in mind, we come together to worship the Lord this morning. So I welcome you to worship, and I welcome those of you that are watching online here at First United Methodist Church of Altamont, and I'm Reverend Paige Campbell. I have a few pa um, clipboards to begin passing around, and I especially need a liturgist on August the 22nd because I will not be here that day. We are moving D to college that weekend. So we're having a guest preacher, Paul Bauer. So if somebody is willing to fill up that space in particular, I would really appreciate that. So I will start these clipboards. But in the meantime, I invite you to lay aside the cares and the concerns that you've had this week. Maybe you've had tons of activity at being Fair Week. Maybe it was boring, I don't know. But whatever the case is, open your hearts now to the Holy Spirit as we worship the Lord. Good morning. It's great to see all of you here this morning. If you'll stand, please, and join me with the call to worship. We are hungering and thirsting for hope and peace. Our hearts long for the nourishing presence of God. Give to us the living bread of your peace that we may hunger no more. Amen. If you will please join me for the hymn, Hope of the World, page 178. We're singing the first three verses.
please join me with the opening prayer. Lord, we come to you this day with so many things going on in our lives. Some of these things are wonderful and cause us to rejoice. However, there are far too many things that cause us fear and anxiety. Humbly, we wait for your presence with us. We need your healing touch. Feed us with the bread of life that we may hunger no more. Strengthen us to do your will, for it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I invite those of you who are watching at home who are children to gather around the TV, the tablet, or whatever you're watching, and for those of us who are young at heart so we can share together a children's moment. Now today I wanna talk about an emotion that I think we all have experienced. In fact, if you haven't experienced this emotion, then I don't think you're human. That emotion would be anger. Now, I think you thought that I was gonna say love, but you know it's so much easier to be angry than it is to love? I want you all to think about that. It is so much easier to be angry than it is to love. And there are lots of things that we could be angry about. We can be angry when someone does something wrong to us. They do something mean to us. They say something that is that's rude or insulting, and we can get mad about that. Yeah, we have a right to be angry about that. We can be angry when our football team loses the ball on the goal line and they don't score the winning touchdown. Right? That can make us angry. Is that the same kind of anger, though? I'm going to ask the people here, is that the same kind of anger? No. Hopefully not. There is anger that we can have over just instances and moments. And then there are anger, there's anger, which I think we know as big words here, righteous anger. That means that we have a right to be angry because something bad happens. So how long should I stay angry about something? All the time? Should I be angry all the time? Is an angry person a really nice person to be around? No, not at all. They're not at all. And sometimes people have really good reasons to be angry, but this is one of the emotions that evil uses in our lives. And very easily, our anger can become sin. Our anger can be mean back at other people. Our anger can cause harm to other people. Now think about it. If someone throws a rock at you, that might make you angry, right? So what are you going to do about that? Are you going to pick up a bigger rock and throw it back? Now that might be what we want to do, but is that what we should do? Is that what God tells us to do? No. God tells us that anger isn't good. We can be angry, but we have to control it. We have to understand there's a place for it. And in the scriptures, in the book of Ephesians, it tells us that the sun shouldn't go down on our anger. Do you know what that means? 
That means, yeah, we're going to get mad about things, but we shouldn't stay mad for a long time. If your brother or sister throws a rock at your head, which is a very bad thing to do, and makes you angry, which is a very honest, real feeling to have, should you still be angry about it the next day? No, you shouldn't be, even if they didn't say sorry. You should not hold on to anger, ever. It's not good for us. It just makes us unhappy people, and that's how evil uses it in our lives. So you're going to get angry at things, and sometimes you're going to have really good reasons, but make sure when you're angry that you don't end up doing bad things in your anger. Let's pray. God, you know that there are things in the world that upset us, that really make us feel all agitated and mad. That's real. But Lord, help us learn what to do when we're feeling that way. Help us to learn and remember that when we are angry, it's not the time to hurt other people. It's not the time to scream and yell. And Lord, help us to forgive other people when we're angry. Because, well, sometimes we need forgiveness too. Help us always to remember that. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. As we continue our worship together, now is the time when we will worship with our offerings. So I invite the ushers to come forward to collect them.
As we continue to offer prayers for all the people that are listed in our prayer list um, inside of our bulletin, um, we also ask for prayers for Dave Pals. He will be having brain surgery tomorrow, so we pray for him. We want to continue to pray for those who are fighting wildfires in the West. We want to continue to pray for those who are on the front lines against the COVID virus. Um, it's still around. It's still doing a great deal of harm in communities, maybe in different ways than it did the first time around. Um, hospitalizations are causing other emergency cases not to be able to go to hospitals and uh, so it's affecting the care of entire communities. So we want to uh, keep praying about that and for that, for those who are sick, those who mourn those who have been lost, and of course, for those who are on the front lines. I invite you now into a few moments of personal prayer time. Lord, we thank you for calling us into this time, this special time where we focus our hearts on you, where we especially open our hearts to your Holy Spirit. Lord, we know that we should do this more often during the week, but to do it now at this time is truly special, and we are thankful for it knowing that not everyone in the world has the freedom to worship you in the ways that we do. So Lord, I pray that we never take it for granted. Maybe we feel differently about it since the shutdown of last year that reminded us how important it is to come together in community, how we learn from each other, how we share each other's burdens together, and how together we can really make a difference for you. So thank you for this community of believers, for those who have taken the time to give their, their hearts to you. And I pray, Lord, that, that you are empowering each of us to grow in our faith and to live better lives, better lives that mirror you we pray, God, that when we go out and when we interact with folks, that they will know that we are Christians by the way we treat them. And Lord, if they don't, if we have failed in this area, Lord, forgive us. Because often we speak before we think. We act without thinking of consequences. 
And sometimes we just act out of that very selfish impulse in us. So forgive us for that, Lord, and, and mend us, repair us, fix us. Help us to do better next time. Lord, we pray for our community and the communities around us as students and educators get ready for a new school year. Lord, we pray for our communities that are doing all of this still in the midst of the coronavirus. God, grant us wisdom and respect as we each address this issue in our own way, but Lord, help us to do no harm and to do good. God, we, we pray too for all the areas that we know of and the areas that we don't, where there needs to be healing. Lord, we pray that you will heal. Where there needs to be peace, that you will bring peace. Where there needs to be justice, Lord, bring justice. Lord, we pray for those who have dedicated their lives to bringing your word to others around the world. And we pray for our missionaries. We pray safety. We pray strength. And we just pray, God, that, that they will do your work well. God, we pray for the leaders of our church, for our bishop, for all of the bishops. Lord, we pray for other pastors and churches in our community. And Lord, we pray that all of us will seek your way first in all that we do. God, we pray all of this and more. And now we join our voices together to pray to you saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The scripture reading for this morning is from Ephesians 4, 25 through 5, 2. So then putting away, I'm sorry, do you want to sing the song first? Can we sing the song? Sure, I'm okay. sorry. That's okay. I do that all the time. <laughs>
something that we needed to sing. Okay, our scripture reading is from Ephesians. So then, putting away falsehood, let all of us speak the truth to our neighbors, for we are members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not make room for the devil. Thieves must give up stealing. Rather, let them labor and work honestly with their own hands, so as to have something to share with the needy. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up as there is need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with which you were marked with the seal for the day of redemption. Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander, together with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ has forgiven you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and live in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. May God add a blessing to our hearing, reading, and understanding of the word today. I want the next slide. How many of you have watched Ted Lasso? Please tell me someone in here has watched Ted Lasso. Okay, you all need to go out and get Apple TV Plus <laughs> and watch this show. Now, yes, there are a lot of curse words in it because it's set in England. And yes, there is some adult content, but nothing terrible. So if you've got little ones, just put them to bed and watch it. But this show is amazing. So if you are unfamiliar with Ted Lasso, the premise of the program is that Ted Lasso is the head football coach at Wichita State in Kansas. And he took his team to the championship game. And if you know anything about football, you know that never happens. You know, Wichita State is not known as a great team. So then he gets a phone call from across the pond from Britain and is invited to come and coach football there. Now, if you'll remember, football in the whole rest of the world is different from what we call football. What we call American football, they call American football. What we call soccer is what they call football. So Ted Lasso, American football coach, has been invited to coach a premier league soccer team in London. Does he know anything about soccer? Nope. Does that matter to him? Nope. Because this man has got a smile on his face all the time. He's got a phrase for everything. And I tell you, he's not perfect, but Jesus would probably give him a solid A minus in how he treats people. It is amazing to watch, and you just smile every time you see it. Todd and I have been watching an episode or two every night for like the last three weeks, and it's just like going to bed with a smile on your face. Because this man in this story is set up to fail. I mean, seriously, do you really think that an American football coach is gonna be able to coach soccer in the Premier League? That's like their NFL? That's ridiculous. And to top it off, he is working for a team whose owner wants the team to tank. 
And so she has set him up to fail over and over and over again. But does that let Ted down? No. He walks into a bar and all the patrons of the pub there curse at him because he's so awful in their opinion. They call him a word that I, I thought about saying here and we thought if I did it with a British accent, maybe it wouldn't be as offensive, but it's still offensive, so that I won't do that. But basically, they curse at him every time he walks into the bar. Does he yell at them? No. He smiles at them. He buys them a beer. He interacts with people on the street. His owner is a very unhappy and bitter woman, and each and every day he walks into her office office with a smile. He says, hi, boss, and he gives her a gift. Lovely, wonderful shortbread biscuits. And every morning, she now waits for that box of biscuits to come so that she could eat that beautiful, beautiful, lovely cookie. Ted wins the love of his community, the love of his team, not because he yells at them, not because he points out everything they do wrong, not because he yells back at the people who tell him he's horrible, he's awful, and he needs to go back to the United States. He wins them over with love. He wins them over with kindness. And if you Google Ted Lasso-isms, you'll see some of his best lines. In one of the episodes, someone tries to trick him at a game of darts and becomes very high stakes. The guy who's trying to trick him is just mean, awful guy. Just mean, awful guy. And Ted knows he's a mean, awful guy. He knows he's a bully. And whenever the bully says something mean or awful, Ted doesn't respond. He simply just says, all right, then, well, let's play. And so he gets up there and he throws a dart. And this other guy's like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to beat him. I'm going to get what I want. I'm going to show him. And then Ted begins to play. Now, if you'll notice, I threw a dart with my right hand. Ted Lasso is left-handed. So he starts to play darts with his left hand. And everybody in the bar is cheering and everything, and the bully is like making a big deal and all. And Ted is just cool, calm, and collected. And it gets down to the last shots. It's up to Ted. Can he win it? And then Ted starts to talk. And he said, you know, when, when I was a kid and people made fun of me, my dad told me that it meant that they didn't have, oh, right, I lost it. They don't have, they're not curious. They're not curious. When people made fun of you, they weren't curious. They really didn't want to know you. And he continued, he said, so you know, when I was growing up between the ages of 10 and 16, and he throws a dart and he hits the exact spot he needs, he said, my dad took me out to play darts every Sunday afternoon. And he picks up the next dart. And he says, so I know that it's important to get to know the people around me. Throws a dart it's exactly where it needs to be. And now the guy over here is sweating. Ted picks up the last dart, throws it, bullseye. He wins. And he made his point. He made his point to the bully and he made his point to everybody else 
in the pub. Did he yell? No. Did he raise his voice? No. Did he say anything mean? No. Did he make a good point, though? Absolutely. He chooses his words carefully. He chooses them with a point, but also with kindness. And man, after the kind of rhetoric that we've had in the world over the last few years, it is a balm on my soul to listen to Ted Lasso speak. Because he is treating people in a way that people don't treat others. I wish they would just come out and say he's a Christian because I don't know how someone could act like this and not be a Christian, but you know, it's Hollywood and television, whatever. I'm making Ted Lasso a good Methodist. Except he doesn't like tea. He thinks it tastes like dirt water. But I can forgive him for that. So when I read the scripture for this week, I thought of Ted Lasso and how he interacts with the world. And how even 2,000 years ago, Christians were being called, reminded about how we're to interact in the world. See, we seem to forget that what we do as Christians should be countercultural. We should be the exception to the norm. And I think it's pretty obvious from reading Ephesians that the norm, even in the day of Jesus and the day of Paul, was that people were mean and they were greedy and that they knocked each other down. They held grudges. They tried to take advantage. And here we are reminded, even today, that that is not how we are to live. And in this 21st century, as Christians, we need to be reminded of this more than ever. So then, putting away falsehood, let all of us speak the truth to our neighbors, for we are members of one another. We are not told to be silent. We're told to speak the truth. Speak the truth about Jesus. Speak the truth about how we should interact with one another, how we should love one another. Be angry, but do not sin. Yes, we're going to get mad. We're even going to get mad when somebody throws the rock at us, okay? We're going to get mad when someone says something completely insensitive. Yes. We're going to get mad when we see something going on that we don't understand and we think is completely wrong. But what do we do with that anger? Do we turn it into sin? Or do we do something better? Do we work to improve a situation? Do we work to reconcile a situation? It, can set, it continues, do not let the sun go down on your anger. Now, people use that literally, like, don't go to bed if you're angry. And that's been used in a lot of couples counseling. And I can see that, you know. Don't go to bed with an angry heart. Honestly, though, sometimes it takes a little bit longer to work through our anger. But as long as you're working on working through your anger, I think that's okay. <laughs> I don't think it has to be literally at midnight. But it says, do not make room for the devil. The longer we hold on to our anger, the longer we hold on to it, the more bitter we can become. The more then that our souls get poisoned. And it seeps out then 
in many ways. Unfortunately, we all know really angry people who just thrive on anger, and it comes out then in how they interact with everyone that they know. Even people that they mean to be kind to, they will be unkind sometimes because it just permeates, it goes through everything. Then there's this part in here about thieves give up stealing. Yeah, that makes sense. If you're a thief, go find a real job. Do something so that you can help others and you're not harming others. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up as there is need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear. Wow. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up. Okay, I'm a suggestion. Everybody needs to get rid of cable news. Okay? Everybody needs to get rid of cable news. Or you need to limit yourself to watching at like 5 o'clock. Get the headlines and turn off all the rest of the chatter. I don't care what station you listen to. If you're listening to MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, OAN, stations I've never heard of, it doesn't matter. I'm telling you, there is nothing positive coming out of those voices right now. Those are not the voices that we need to hear. They are not the voices that we then need to turn around and mimic. Let no evil come, talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up as there is need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with which you are marked with a seal for the day of redemption. Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander. Amen? You are not excited about that. You need to put that away. Let me say it again. Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander. Amen? Amen. Together with all malice. Amen? Amen? And be kind to one another. Amen? Tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Therefore, be imitators of God. Imitators of God. What a difference we can make in just the general sense of being an American right now. If we approached every conversation with the Spirit of God, removing slander and malice and anger. Now, I know it's hard, so hard, so very hard. I think about where we are right now just with coronavirus. It's like you got the maskers and the not maskers. You got the vaccinators and the not vaccinators. Whatever we do, and this is my way too, I need to work on this. We, not, we need not look on people whether they're wearing a mask or not, or whether they're vaccinated or not. We need to look upon them as children of God. Might we have an opinion for what's best for us or best for the world? Sure. Can you express that truth to yourself in love? Yes. But do it in love. Don't do it in anger or malice. Knock myself in the head on that one. I do it too. 
It's so easy to get so emotional about it. We've got to get past that. We are not, we are not showing people the face of Christ when we do that. How we react to situations will really show people God in this world. So when we went on vacation down to Georgia, we had to take two cars because there were six of us and beach things. And you know, six people and beach things do not all fit in one car unless you have a Suburban, and we don't. So um, we had my little Ford Fiesta, and then we had the Pathfinder. And Todd and I started out in the Fiesta. And I had been noticing over the, the weeks before that, uh, that the car seemed to be bottoming out a little bit. And we looked underneath and couldn't find anything. And I thought maybe it was our road. Like going up onto our road, there's kind of like one of these. You know, I thought maybe I was bottoming out. So um, we're going down the road, and we've got the, you know, the back of the Fiesta has got all the beach stuff and our food for the week. It's kind of weighed down for that little car. And as we're going down the road, if we hit a bump, it was like, I can't even make the noise. I know she thinks that's funny, but it was a grinding noise. Every time we hit a bump, there was a grinding noise. And I was like, oh my gosh, what is this? And Todd's finally like, we got to pull over and take a look. So we pull over, we're down at the Wren Lake ex, uh, rest area, and we look, and there's like this much space between my wheel and the wheel well and the rear, okay? I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And Todd's like, I think the shock's gone. It's like, I, I don't know what else it would be. I think the shock's gone. So it's a, it's a Friday. We call down to Marion, because it's the next really big town. And I'm like, can you get me in? I'm on vacation. I'm desperate. Please take mercy on me. First answer, no. So then call another place. You know, can you have mercy on us? Cliff says, yes, I can try to fit you in, but I can't tell you how long it's going to take. All right, so we go down to Marion, waiting, 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 waiting. He finally gets in. He goes, you just got a new tire, didn't you? And I said, well, actually, about a month and a half ago, I did get a new tire on the rear. He said, they put the wrong size tire on your car. The tire is too big. And so it was rubbing. Of course, it was a special order tire. He didn't have it. He could get it for Monday. I had already prepaid hotel you know, rooms in, in Atlanta for two nights, and I've got four kids and a husband and a vacation to go on. I will tell you the rest of that story later. Needless to say, we got to Georgia, I got a new tire, but I still had the issue of the first place put the wrong size tire on my car. They endangered our lives, like literally. Like if you look to see where it was wearing, the metal was beginning to bend. If I had hit it the wrong way or gone in reverse and bounced at the same time, I would have shredded the tire. So I went back to the place that put the wrong size tire on. Now, what kind of attitude should I have taken into that place? Mad. I didn't. I was very nice. I walked in and I said, you made a mistake. I explained the situation. I said, here's all my paperwork. I would like a refund. 
yes, of course, of course. I, I have to get a manager. I'm so sorry that I have to get a manager, but I have to get a manager, and I'm going to get the manager, and we're going to take care of this. And the manager came over, and the manager's like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe we did this. They tried to figure out what the error was. I'm so, so sorry. I was like, I just want a refund. And they refunded my money. And they thanked me. They thanked me for being so nice. What good would it have been if I had walked in there and chewed their butts out? Would it have done me good? Maybe I would have felt emotionally like it would have done me good, but it really wouldn't have made a single bit of difference. It would have been a selfish act. And it wasn't these two individuals' fault that the wrong tire got put on. They weren't the ones that ordered it. I was as nice as I could be. I was as patient as I could be. I got my refund, and I left them feeling like there are still nice people out in the world, even when we make mistakes. I tried to show the face of Christ where I could have done differently. And I'm not trying to toot my own horn, because sometimes I can get that Chicago voice, as my kids call it, when I'm trying to get things done, but in this case, I didn't do it. And I feel better for it. I wouldn't have felt good if I had yelled and screamed and that sort of thing. So then putting away falsehood, let all of us speak the truth to our neighbors, for we are members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not make room for the devil. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up, as there is need, so that your words may give peace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with which you were marked with a seal for the day of redemption. Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander, together with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, Forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and live in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Let us pray. Gracious and holy God, you know that it can be so difficult, Lord, when we're interacting with people who have different opinions from us, have, who are charged up themselves about something. It can be so hard, Lord, to tame our tongue, to tame our own pride. It can be so hard, Lord, to speak lovingly Help us, God, and forgive us for all those times when we have said things we shouldn't have said. We've done things we shouldn't have done. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have provided us a better way, a loving way, a way that reflects you. So, Lord, help us be a reflection of you then out into the world. Amen. 
As we look at our upcoming events and our news to share this week, uh, there is Knitting with Love at 9 a.m. Uh, tomorrow morning and a Trust Me D's meeting tomorrow night at 6, and then Food Pantry throughout the week. There is uh, uh, sweets and coffee um, out in the Fellowship Hall, and we also have Sunday School. We're gonna begin our study of the Book of Matthew, so I invite all of you to stay for that. Yes. You have to remind me, I've slept, I, well, I've sp spoken since then. Um, the books for our study this week, we are Anna and we're Albert's office. We'd like to pick one up for free. The, the books for T and V are in, and they are in the closet in what we call Albert's room. If you'd like to come pick one up, you can, and they're $6. For those of you who don't know what T and V is, it's a group that meets once a month and read through a book together. And what is the book this time? Facing Your Giants by Max Lucado. Facing Your Giants by Max Lucado is the book for this time. Always a good time. And there's T, so how can I not like it, right? Because it's T and V. So... On that note, we are going to sing again this week, yet slower, a hymn that incorporates all that we've been talking about. They will know we are Christians by our love. I slowed it down. I hope I slowed it down enough so that we can sing through it without losing our breath. Because last week it was just very fast. If I didn't slow it down enough this week, I'll slow it down more for next week because the words apply every week. So will you please stand as you're able and join in singing. They will know we are Christians.
pad slower for next week? Oh, that was good? Okay. So go now and be fruitful followers of God. Speak words of kindness and live lives of peace. Serve faithfully and fully all your days and may God's amazing love be your guide. Amen. The First United Methodist Church is a church of open hearts, open minds, and open doors, seeking to help everyone come to know Jesus Christ, both in Altamont and around the world. Our worship services are at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings, and all are welcome in person after the COVID crisis, but now online at our YouTube channel, Altamont First UMC. You can also find the link on Facebook at our Facebook page, First United Methodist Church Altamont. We will begin worship shortly.